This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Cavalry Audio. Welcome back to Death by Southwest. I'm your host, Margot Carmichael, and I'm here with my sister and co-host, Jenna. You are listening to episode three of Death by Southwest, which I think might be one of the craziest stories we've covered yet. Today's episode centers around the murder of professional cyclist Mariah Wilson. It is actually a pretty recent story having just occurred in May of 2022, so this year. No, without making light of this tragic murder, I have to say this story really plays out like a movie. It's a love triangle story gone wrong. It's filled with passion, jealousy, an international manhunt, and a little bit of stalking, and then ultimately a murder. The one we recorded the other day, I guess we, you didn't refer to it as a murder because there was no one who had been convicted, just there wasn't even anyone who had been charged. Right. So you had kind of changed your word from murder to death. Yeah. It was a death investigation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is an actual murder. So someone's been convicted or someone's been charged. Yes. There you go. I'm not going to say anything more than that. And actually, you're right. We did just record the other day. So we are trying to get a couple episodes under our belt because Jenna is about to take a little trip. Where are you going? Well, this will be after the fact, right? Because I don't like to post or share when I'm going out of town. Oh, this will definitely be after the fact. Beautiful. I'm going to Costa Rica. Costa Rica, which weirdly, and I swear this is not why I chose this story, but it weirdly, Costa Rica kind of ties into this story that we have today. Huh. You know Costa Rica's not in the Southwest. I do know. (laughs) That felt really cheesy. (laughs) But whatever. No, I like that. That's thank you. Yes, I'm I'm aware. It's in the it's it's south of us. It is. Is it south and west of us? No, I think it's south and east. Okay. Fine. (laughs) Um you're Nicaragua. Okay. Okay. We're jump we're jumping the shark here by talking about Costa Rica. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything else about it until we get to that part of the story. And before we jump into this totally crazy love triangle gone wrong story today, I thought we would talk a little bit about where it takes place, which is Austin, Texas. Fun. Yeah. Have you been to Austin? I have. You have. And like, like been there more than just like passing through or? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, really? um, I didn't even know that. 2018, myself and my friend Niffer and her, at the time, I think 18 year old daughter went down there because we saw Kendrick Lamar there. Oh, that's right. I did know that. I lied. I knew that. How'd you like it? I really liked it. It was super fun. We had a great time. There's like one main drag. Sorry for all the people who really love Austin and have been there and lived there because I'm going to get all this wrong, kind of that's okay. being like a tourist. But yeah, um, you were a tourist. Well, yeah. Yeah. I really liked Austin. A lot of fun bars, good food, a lot of live music. And um, had a great time. Okay. I really don't and and didn't until this know much about Austin. It is the state capital of Texas and the fourth most populous city. It's located in the center of the state. It has scenic natural views and kind of the hustle and bustle feel of a big city life without being too, too big of a city from what I understand. 
I found this website that says there are a few things that everyone knows about the city that Austin keeps it weird. Yep. And it's considered to be the live music capital of the world. Oh, wow. Above like Nashville. Yeah, I I didn't know that. Okay, I want to ask a question. Sure. The fourth most populous city in Texas Texas behind Dallas, San Antonio. And Houston, I'm guessing. Houston, thank you. So I found some pretty interesting fun facts about Austin that supposedly most people don't know that I'd love to share. But first, I want to talk about like what I thought about when I first heard Austin, Texas. So I think there's some debate as to whether Austin is considered the Southwest or not, because it's kind of in central Texas. So I read online that a lot of people consider it to be considered just the South, which to me is weird because I lived in Atlanta for a while. And when I think of the South, I think Atlanta, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, Southish Carolina. Yeah, that's the South. Louisiana. Yeah, absolutely. Texas doesn't feel like the South. It feels Southwest to me, but a lot of people consider it the South. Other sources said that Austin, that not all of Texas is considered Southwest, but that Austin is kind of the end of the the easternmost corridor of what is considered the Southwest. So we're going to go with that definition so that it applies to, you know, death by Southwest. We make our own definition of the Southwest within reason. There you go. Within reason. What do you think of when you think of Texas? When I think of Texas in general? Give me one sentence about Texas in general. Cowboys and conservatives. (laughs) That's what we should call this episode. That's great. Okay. Without including Austin. Oh, because Austin kind of is a standalone, like weird little place. Okay. So when I think of Texas, I instantly think of this super cliche phrase, everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that applies to today's murder story. Like, it's a big, crazy story. But it made me think, what else is bigger in Texas? Hair. Do you think so? Well, I think that I don't... That's part of the cliche. The only place I've spent time in is Austin. And was hair bigger there? No, because Austin, I think, is an exception. I'm not saying that big, crazy things can't happen. But, and not that there's not cowboys and people with big hair, big... Trucks. Trucks. <laughs> Boobs. <laughs> but it's just a bit different from what I understand. But then again, I haven't spent time in other Texas cities. Okay. I haven't either, actually. I That's not true. I spent a night in El Paso. It was kind of scary. I spent a night in Midland, just driving through. It was nothing. It was very desolate. Sorry, people of Midland. Yeah. Midland is, I think, where... It was nothing. I think where George Bush is from. I also think of George Strait when I think of Texas. And I don't actually know if he's even from Texas, but there's the connection. Cowboy hat, cowboy wranglers. Wranglers, right. I don't know what else is bigger in Texas. The steaks, the cows, like steaks, like meat. The Uh, state itself. That's what I, that's what I wrote down. The whole damn state itself is bigger than any other state in, you know, acreage, mileage, square footage. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm not sure. They all, I think, apply. <laughs> For anybody listening, if you have solid examples of what's bigger in Texas than where you live, let us know because I want to know. But before we jump into the story, I'm going to share a couple really weird, cool facts about Austin. You ready? Ready. Austin has the only nude beach in all of Texas. It's not on the coast. It's not on the coast. 
actually, it's called Hippie Hollow, and it's a clothing optional beach located on Lake Travis, which is apparently in Austin, Lake Travis. Yeah. Also, this is weird. Texas has no laws that stop women from going topless in public. So like you could just anywhere in Texas, that's not Austin specific. You could just like walk down the street anywhere in Texas with no shirt, no bra. And I don't know why you would do that, but you're allowed. If my boobs were bigger, I'd live in Texas. (laughs) All right. Well, if my boobs were smaller, smaller, I'd live in Texas and go topless. There you go. Who Uh, would do that? I don't know. (laughs) I support all you women that want to take your tops off. Austin has the largest urban bat colony in North America. Wow. Mm -hmm. During spring and summer, about 1.5 million Mexican free-tailed bats migrate to Austin and emerge from under the Congress Avenue Bridge every night. Tourists and residents wait for and watch this unique spectacle. That's cool. Do you remember what I told you? I'm not saying it's as big as Austin, Texas, but what I said we should do in the spring in Tucson is go down to the Rito and watch all the thousands of hundreds of thousands of bats emerge from under the bridge. Are you going to talk like that the whole time we watch <laughs> yeah, the I bats? might. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one food that describes Austin, what would you say it is? I, I have an actual answer, but I want to hear yours. I mean, I guess if I'm thinking of Texas in general, it'd be like barbecue, like ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, but Austin. Tacos? Whoa. Yeah, but I... I Breakfast that- tacos. Oh, okay. That's cool. If there's one food that describes Austin, it's breakfast tacos. Breakfast tacos keep this city together. If you go to Austin without eating a breakfast taco, did you even go to Austin? (laughs) That's funny. I like that. I guess that's it. Do you know what's in a breakfast taco? Or -hmm. what could be? Not that there's only one thing. I'm assuming like eggs. Yeah, make your favorite breakfast breakfast taco. Okay, my favorite breakfast taco would be as follows. Eggs and cheese for sure. With like a little jalapeno in there, sour cream, maybe a sprinkle of turkey bacon. Mm. I'd throw a little, ooh, pinto beans in. Some type of special sauce, like that bitchin' sauce from Costco that I love. What's your ideal breakfast taco? Well, you kind of described what I could say is like an Austin, Texas version of the Sonoran dog. Oh. Or a healthier version because it's like turkey bacon. And mm-hmm. I don't know, same sort of thing, but with um, some sort of potatoes or chopped up hash browns because I love a potato taco. So then eggs, avocado, cilantro, avocado, cilantro, little cheese, yum, salsa. Yum. Yum. Why don't we make those for breakfast one time this weekend, please? Yeah. Okay. So something that we probably should have mentioned before all of these fun facts that I told you about Austin, and and we're going to get into the story in a second, but I just want to mention this, is that the South by Southwest Festival is every year, and it's a convergence of tech, film, music, education, and culture, and it takes place in Austin, Texas. Oh, that's cool. It's all the things. It's all the things. And is it every year? It is every year. It was founded in 1987 in Austin. And our show title, Death by Southwest, is inspired by South by Southwest. What month does South by Southwest typically land in Austin? Um, March. Okay. Well, I was kind of interested. Could it be the same month that this murder happened, which I believe was May? It was May. Okay. Yeah. So it's not the same month. Yeah. Okay. 
So yeah, let's jump into this murder story, this crazy murder story that centers around Mariah Wilson. Her full name was Anna Mariah Wilson. She was born on May 18th, 1996 in Littleton, New Hampshire. And on May 11th, 2022, she was murdered, which means she was 25 at the time that she died, almost 26. Wilson is described as a role model, yet shy and compassionate, an athlete who developed an intense passion for cycling while growing up on the bike trails of Vermont. She grew up in Kirby, Vermont with her parents and brother, and her family was made up of athletes. Her father, Eric Wilson, skied for the U.S. national ski team, and her aunt, Laura, was a Nordic skier and competed at the Olympics. So it makes sense that Mariah developed a an enthusiasm for sports and all kinds of different athletic endeavors. From a young age, she was passionate about cycling and growing up in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont, she spent ample time as a kid riding along the Kingdom trails and sharpening her skills as a cyclist. She also loved skiing and as a teen, she was a nationally ranked junior skier and she was the captain of her high school soccer team. So pretty athletic, she was sporty. She graduated from Burke Mountain Academy, which was a full-year private college prep school in Northeastern United States. Vermont educates and trains alpine ski racing athletes on the slopes of the adjacent Burke Mountain ski area. So she went there. I'm assuming that takes the place of like high school or the second half of high school, maybe. So she graduated from there in 2014 and she went on to Dartmouth College. She got a BA in engineering in 2019. And while she was attending Dartmouth, she was a member of the Alpine Ski Team, which was a childhood dream of hers, apparently. After Dartmouth, she shifted gears and moved towards competitive biking. So while she was initially pursuing her dreams as an elite biker or cyclist, she worked as a demand planner for Specialized. I saw that in an article and I was like, what is it? I know Jenna's going to ask. I know. Oh, okay, well, tell I me. don't know what the first part demand planner, but Specialized is a bike uh, manufacturer. There you go. It certainly is. And I looked up demand planner. A demand planner plays an essential role in the supply chain of a company. They use analytical marketing and sales data to effectively estimate future product demands, basically. So she was a demand planner for Specialized. Eventually, she decided to go full-time in pursuing her career as a professional cyclist, specifically a gravel cyclist. She is snaking through into the finish. This is Mariah Wilson. Wilson, known as Mo, was considered one of the best gravel racing cyclists in the world. The gravel discipline tends to describe riding a drop bar bike on unpaved roads and trails, fitting somewhere between road cycling and mountain biking. Gravel riding can encompass all types of terrain from actual gravel to wooded single track and everything in between. So in terms of what she enjoyed doing outside of professionally, this was in her obituary. It stated that she enjoyed cooking, writing, and traveling. She especially loved Italy, Taco Tuesdays, maple creamies, and playing Catan with her friends. Catan. I think Jason, a fellow producer that I work with, I think he had that at his house and we saw it there. And then we also saw it at the game shop last weekend, but I've never played it. I also thought of SNL. Chris Catan. I like seeing where your brain makes these weird little connections. Mariah's family, after she was gone, said she was a talented, kind, and caring young woman. Her life was taken from her before she had the opportunity 
to achieve everything she dreamed of. So on Facebook, an individual who knew her from the cycling world said she was a role model, a shy, compassionate person, a spirited tactical racer, and a competitor that genuinely cared about those that she was competing against. So ultimately from all of this, again, I can only gather, uh, paint a picture about her from what I've read, but it seems like she was well-liked, she was driven, and that she had a very, very bright future. A profile about her done in Velo News actually referred to her as the winningest woman in the American off-road scene. Hmm. Yeah. So Mariah was on quite a roll with her kind of cycling career that she decided to move into full-time and she had won nearly 10 races between 2021, mostly in 2022, including something called the Shasta Gravel Hugger and the Rock Cobbler in California. And one of her biggest wins was that she won the 137-mile Belgian Waffle Ride in San Diego. And she won that by a whopping 25 minutes over the person behind her. Wow, that seems like a a huge win. Yeah, I didn't actually know that. But upon further looking into it, like that was a big win for her. That's a big, usually the, the, the time difference is a lot closer between like first and second place. So this was a big win for her. Sadly, this Belgian waffle race would be the last race that Mariah would ever compete in. But in May of 2022, she didn't know that. She had no idea the fate that lay before her. She was on a high from winning all of these cycling races recently. And she traveled to Austin from San Francisco to compete in something called the Gravel Locos Race, a 157-mile gravel bike race that was supposed to take place on May 14th. Where was she living at the time? There's, that's a good question. There's some debate about that. It appears she was living in California, but I did find a few sources. Because you just referenced San Francisco. Yeah. Um, I found a few sources that said that she had recently moved back to Vermont, okay. where she was from. But okay. other other sources said she was living in California. I can assume San Francisco, per- perhaps. But she was traveling out to Austin for this gravel locos race. And she was going to stay with her friend, Caitlin Cash. And I'm going to say Caitlin Cash because another Caitlin is going to come into this story and I want to be able to differentiate between them. Are they both Caitlin's with a K or Caitlin's with a C? Caitlin Cash is Caitlin with a C, which is a cool name. CC, Caitlin Cash. The later Caitlin is with a K. Do you have a preference? No, but I like an alliteration. I do too. Oh yeah, because your name is Jenna Gerald, JJ. That's right. Okay, so Mariah was came to Austin. She was staying with her friend Caitlin Cash during her time in Austin. And she was enjoying catching up with other friends within the cycling community who were also in town for the race. One person in particular that she was reconnecting with was a man by the name of Colin Strickland. Um, he was a fellow professional cyclist, a Red Bull athlete, and a past winner of Unbound, the 200-mile gravel race. And he was also someone that Mariah had grown close with over the years, being that they were both part of this kind of tight-knit cycling community, which I wasn't aware that cycling communities were tight-knit, but apparently they are. And well, I was aware that cycling communities within a city or a community were (laughs) tight-knit. Like Tucson has a lot of cyclists. Sure. So I know that they're semi-tight-knit, but it sounds like this is a tight knit community of individual cyclists that go throughout the country. So it's like a right. a nationwide of right. the elevated cyclists. Well, I think gravel cycling is fairly small, less common, less populated. There you go. They knew each other over the years through competing in these 
gravel cycle races. So on the afternoon of May 11th, it was Mariah's second night in Austin. She texted her friend, Caitlin Cash, whose house she was staying at, that she was going to go swimming with Colin. Where? They went swimming at a place called Deep Eddy Public Pools. So I'm guessing they were just like getting some exercise in. I wish that I did that with my friends. It's like, you want to go get a drink? I would never be like, hey, you want to go for a swim? That's what you thought they were getting exercise in. Oh, yeah. I picture them to be like in their Speedos, like, let's get some laps in because they're preparing for the race. That makes sense because I know swimming is good exercise, but also like um, stretches the muscles. So I pictured stretching the muscles, but also being interested in someone that you invited to stretch your muscles with. And I don't mean sexually, but like, yeah, kind of romantically interested, maybe. Mm. It's interesting that you said that because I don't think I've said anything about the romantic involvement yet. You have not. Yeah, but I guess I, I guess that's always a, a possibility. Yeah, it's not the most far-fetched thing. Totally. So they went swimming. They did go swimming, whether it was just stretch their muscles or practice their endurance, whatever, at the deep eddy public pools. And afterwards, they went for burgers at a place called Pool Burger. But yeah, so at 816, security footage shows Mariah and Colin leaving Pool Burger on his motorcycle. And you're totally right hmm. that dad is a motorcyclist and a bicyclist. And Colin apparently is a motorcyclist and a bicyclist. Maybe people, there are people who just love riding around on two wheels. I think there's people that love any kind of, not automobiles, that's not right, but things that convey us from one place to another. I don't know. Oh, uh, like? Just anything, a car, a bike, a motorcycle, a... They like using things beyond their two legs. Right. Transportation... (laughs) Apparati. <laughs> okay, transportation apparati. So Colin dropped Mariah off at her friend Caitlin Cash's home at 8.36 p.m. He did not go inside and later was said to tell police that he didn't notice anything amiss when he dropped her off. Now, 8.36 is a pretty specific time, but police knew this because Caitlin Cash got a notification on her phone. She was not home at the time, but she got a notification on her phone that the door was unlocked at exactly this time after Mariah used a code that Caitlin had given her that she'd only, it was just specific to Mariah. You know, you can like make a special code for people if you have that code lock thing. Ring. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't either, but I think. Can you do it on <clears throat> the kind of thing you have though, the ring? No, I have the ring doorbell. So like it will capture anybody coming into my home and I can see what time they put the key in the lock. But it's not code specific. Right, right, right. If Mariah Wilson had been coming into your house, you still would have been able to know the exact time she came in. Sure. So even though Mariah had a code that was like just for her that Caitlin had given her, it no one else, uh, Caitlin told police that no one else knew this code. But somehow someone else got into the house. Don't miss what happens next in today's episode. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors. Calling all lovers of mystery. Prepare to don your detective hat in June's Journey, a free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. Take a trip in time to the glitzy 20s and play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. The thrill is endless with new chapters added weekly, allowing you to not only enjoy the detective adventure, 
but also to personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island, where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Well, maybe they broke a window, old school style. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you right now, one way or the other. I will That's tell okay. you that later that evening, Caitlin Cash arrived home to find Mariah laying in a pool of blood, unconscious with multiple bullet wounds. She called 911 and officers arrived at 9.56 p.m., but Mariah was already dead and was officially pronounced dead at the scene at 10.10 p.m. on May 11th. Although you know she was likely, from just the little bitty bit you gave me there, likely actually dead. Before then. Yeah. Certainly. So in addition to shell casings next to the body, police noticed that Mariah's very expensive bike was missing, but strangely was quickly found hidden in bushes nearby. So that was a piece of information that I'm not sure how it really applies to anything, but it just seemed weird to me. Like who kills somebody, takes a bike and then like dumps it 10 feet away. Why? What's the point of that? If it was a hundred feet away, I'd say, cause they rode off on it, even though that's not a good idea. I don't know. We'll find out or not. So horrible and tragic death. Um, and Caitlin Cash told detectives that night that Mariah had gone out with Colin earlier in the evening that she was killed, which obviously led police to head over to Colin's home to talk to him. They went over there the next day on May 12th. You know, we know that then when someone is killed, it's often not a stranger. It's much more likely to be someone who's close to the victim who killed them. So police initially focused their attention on Colin. And they questioned him at length. Apparently, he was very cooperative, providing a precise account of his time with Mariah that night of May 11th. And that there was corroborating evidence for his timeline. Uh, there was a variety of electronic sources and security camera video that matched exactly what he was telling police. But just to be sure, authorities, when they went to Collins on May 12th, they came with guns blazing. Not literally guns blazing but they had a <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> yeah they just they had a warrant to search his house so they came prepared they were ready to believe that he had something to do with it got it okay and what they found were two nine millimeter handguns which colin told the detectives he'd bought in december and january one was a springfield armory for himself and one was a sig sour for his girlfriend caitlin armstrong they also found a 2012 Jeep Grand Cherokee with a very elaborate bike rack. A vehicle that matched one captured on the neighbor's surveillance camera the night of May 11th and was shown arriving and briefly stopping at 8.37 p.m. outside Caitlin Cash's home. 
Do you remember what time? 8.36. Yep. Mariah got home at 8.36. Wasn't that probably Colin dropping her off? Colin was driving a motorcycle, remember? He drove her home on a motorcycle. Yeah. So she walked into the house at 8.36. At 8.37, the neighbor's camera picked up a dark Jeep Grand Cherokee with an elaborate bike rack. This evidence like gave me chills a little bit. 10 minutes before Colin dropped Mariah off, a ring camera showed a dark Jeep Cherokee with a complicated bike rack driving through the alley past the home of Caitlin Cash. So at 8.26. Yep. 11 minutes later, a different ring camera on the street captured what looked like the same vehicle driving slowly by again and then stopping behind Caitlin Cash's home where Mariah was killed. We have surveillance video that shows an SUV leaving where Wilson was staying. Authorities are now trying to find that vehicle. It's a black Jeep Grand Cherokee. And U.S. Marshals say they got about 30 tips but really need the public's help. Now this car was at Colin's house, but it wasn't Colin's. It was his live-in girlfriend's car, Caitlin Armstrong's. Wow. Yep. Let's get into who is this girlfriend of Colin's, Caitlin Armstrong. Caitlin Marie Armstrong, who was born on November 21st, 1987, which makes her almost 35 years old today when we're recording this. She grew up in Livonia, Michigan, and graduated from Stevenson High School in 2005. But then she attended Schoolcraft College in Eastern Michigan University. And after finishing college, she traveled the world studying yoga in places like Iceland, Bali, and Mexico. A childhood friend described Caitlin as fun-loving and smart. She also had a past in competitive cycling, and she occasionally participated in cycling events with Colin, but she was mostly working as a yoga instructor at this point in life, which is 2022. She was also living with Colin, who, despite a brief split in the fall of 2021, she had been in a long-term romantic relationship with for several years. What does several mean? I don't know. Mark hates that term. He always says like, what is several? Is it like three? Is it five? Well, when we play cards, several means seven, but I get that doesn't mean that in real life. No, I don't think seven, but I'm not sure. Cool. And these two didn't just have a romantic relationship. They also had been previously involved in a business relationship, working together to design and build vintage trailers at a company that they started called Wheelhouse Mobile. And listeners... That is my English bulldog. She's almost 13 and she is gulping water. So I don't know if you can hear it, but if Josh can't cut this out, I just wanted to give a little explanation to the extremely loud like drinking in the background. They can hear it. Okay, so Colin and Caitlin lived together, were dating for years, had a business together. They took a brief split in the fall of 2021, but pretty much had been in a in a serious relationship for a long time. That was that's the case. They lived together in Austin. In Austin, yes. Not presumably, who knows, it doesn't matter, but presumably not all that far from Caitlin Cash. Presumably. I don't think Austin's It's not all that big, right? So unfortunately, it turns out that Colin wasn't exactly a one-woman kind of man. Despite being short-lived, it was found out that Colin and Mariah had engaged in a romantic relationship apparently while he was dating Caitlin. Oof. But 
Colin adamantly denied this. So in a Twitter statement, I believe after Mariah's death, he he posted this. As a point of clarification to facts previously reported, Mariah Wilson and I had a brief romantic relationship from late October to early November 2021. It spanned out a week or so while she was visiting Austin. At the time, she and I had both recently ended relationships. So presumably this is when he's on a break from Caitlin with a K. And then he said, she returned to her home in California and about a month later, Caitlin Armstrong and I reconciled and resumed our relationship. So, I mean, he's claiming that him and Caitlin with a K were together for a long time. They split up in October of 2021. And at that point, Mariah, another cyclist, came to visit Austin. They had a little fling. She went back home to California and that was it. It was over and he got back together with Caitlin. Okay, that makes sense. Also, because when he is claiming that him and Mariah had a fling mm-hmm. was about, what, eight months prior to her murder? Correct. Okay. So he's denying it. He's saying that the fling occurred when him and Caitlin with a K were broken up. But when police examined Mariah's phone, they were able to confirm that she was, in fact, romantically tied to Colin while he was still dating Caitlin. Based on the content of the text messages? Yes, and I don't have that content, but based on the content of the text messages, the phone calls, whatever. Um, Colin later told investigators that he did have ongoing communication with Mariah and kept this a secret from Caitlin by saving her number in his phone under a different name and deleting her text messages. Wow, that seems pretty basic. It seems basic and it makes me irritated. Okay, that's allowed. You're allowed to feel whatever. And also, that's pretty basic from what I've heard or not even murder stories, just creeps. I think this. Look, I think maybe you're dating somebody who has a jealous streak and and you're not doing anything wrong. You have a friend that's a male or if you're a male, you have a friend that's a female. And there's really nothing happening, but your partner is very suspicious. If you're suspicious. a straight heterosexual couple. I'm so sorry. That's very good point. That's fine. I get what you're saying. Go on. <laughs> yes. If you're in a couple and your partner is jealous, maybe you are talking to somebody who is a potential romantic person, but they're not to you. They're just a friend and you want to keep talking to them. So you save them under a different name. I get that. I could see that. I don't love it. I would hate it if it happened to me. But if you're very, if you're with somebody who's very jealous or suspicious, okay, maybe, or you're doing something fucking wrong and that's why you do it. But maybe he wasn't still romantically involved with Mariah. Maybe but he, he wanted to keep that door open, maybe. Duh. If you really don't want to keep the door open, you're not texting Mariah anymore. That's right. That doesn't mean he was currently Banging sexually her. or romantically involved with Mariah. But yes, you're right. He was keeping the door open. Yeah. And so that gave police their initial motive theory. They initially believed that Caitlin killed Mariah in a fit of jealous rage. That sent the ding, ding, ding off in those coppers' heads. Right. Well, I mean, the car matched a car that was seen at the scene of the murder. Well, and it's her car, right? Yeah, it's her car. Caitlin. Caitlin. With a K. With a K. And the text messages that Colin then admits he's deleting and saving Mariah as somebody else and whatnot. So, yes. But as I'm going through this, all these sources and documents, I'm wondering, how did she know that they were together? Like how, if Colin is, has changed Mariah's name in his phone, he's deleting the text. How did Caitlin know 
that they were together on that night of May 11th. Can I make a guess? You sure can. You don't even have to raise your hand, but I like it when you do. Um, okay, so let's say she had no kind of something about the text messages, even if he saved it as Mo or Larry. Oh, that's funny because her nickname was Mo, actually. Huh. Okay. I never well, said that. That's what I thought I yeah. would put her in as in my phone. Yeah. Um, well, she used to be part of the cycling community. And so maybe she still has friends in the cycling community. And maybe she saw or one of her friends saw Mariah and Colin kind of chit-chatting and then going off wherever they went. Maybe. Are you going to tell us? I'm going to. <laughs> I am. So what makes this question even more pertinent is that Colin later admitted that he didn't tell Caitlin where he was going that evening. Remember, they lived together. And so he apparently either lied to her or just said nothing and kind of snuck out of the house to go meet Mariah. So there was obviously, that tells me there's obviously something in his mind. I didn't find any any record of this anywhere, but that tells me there's something in his mind that's like, Caitlin won't like this, or I am doing something that I shouldn't be. No human would like this that's, that's in a committed true. relationship, that's if that's true. the case. I'm, I guess I, I was going to say, I'm not an especially jealous person, but that's a lie. I am. And I would not love it if Mark was like, hey, I'm going out for drinks or I'm going swimming or to eat dinner with an old friend who happens to be a female. That I slept with. It would not be okay. Right. So I'm going to tell you how Caitlin located them, or at least what police believe. I don't think this has been officially proven, but police believe that Caitlin may have located the two using a cycling app that they all used called Strava, where users' locations are enabled and you you know you have cycling friends, you can all see where each other are. So it's like a cycling social media. There you go. And the theory is that Caitlin tracked the two on the app and followed both of them home to Mariah, where Mariah was staying that night and then shot her with a nine millimeter handgun. It's not interesting, but it's odd or it's thought provoking because of course, like you said, no human that's in a committed relationship, I don't think would like someone spending an evening with someone they slept with without telling them, especially. Ugh, no. And also he dropped Mariah off and did not go in her home, correct? He did, he did not go in her so, home. While I still may not like that, are you going to go kill the person? I, no. I'm not going to kill the person even if my person sleeps with them. So I'm not going to kill the person that my person slept with. I'm I'll gonna, kill my person. I'm going to be more upset with my person. So th that was the theory at this point that she had followed them home using this app. So and the footage of her car on all the surveillance ring cameras in the neighborhood of Caitlin Cash's home um, is what led police to Colin and then to Caitlin with a K. But is that enough to arrest her for the murder or even bring her in for questioning? I mean, your your car is seen in the area. That proves nothing. You may have already said this, but did you say what the 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 caps or whatever it's called of the bullets were? Shell casings, nine millimeter. That's all it can say. For that's, now. Okay. That's all I can say. Okay, but you know where I'm going. I do, and I'm gonna go there too. Okay. So this obviously, the police's like brains had a little dinger going off. Like, ooh, same car with an elaborate car rack seen in the area, kind of almost stalking this house, going around twice and stopping and slowing. So they were kind of aware of Caitlin. Maybe she's part of this. And luckily for police, it turned out that Caitlin was wanted on a misdemeanor charge 
unrelated to Mariah's killing. There was actually a warrant out for her arrest from a previous incident where she allegedly did not pay for $650 of Botox that she received. Can we really use that as evidence that she's like a no. real criminal, right? Like no. she's just hard up on cash. Oh, no, but it's a reason to bring her in for questioning. Okay, yeah. And was she ever arrested and brought in on that misdemeanor? She was not. Okay, was she had a, a warrant. She had a warrant, but she was never caught. Okay. You know, she, I mean, like who's really looking that hard for somebody who dipped out on $650 for the Botox? Nobody. No, and I was just wondering if she had been brought in, she would have been fingerprinted and that makes it easier for connections to be made. I don't know. True. But that they had a warrant for, for Colin's house. They searched his house. They found the guns. They saw the car. So they obviously knew Caitlin's full name. They knew Colin's full name. And when they looked in the system for them, they saw that there was a warrant out for Caitlin's arrest they for this Botox. They didn't need any amount of evidence to bring her in. And so they needed nothing else. So they brought her in for questioning on May 12th, the day after Mariah was killed. And during this interrogation, Caitlin quickly became uncomfortable because the questions had very little to do with the misdemeanor Botox situation and had everything to do with the murder of Mariah. Caitlin was confronted at this interrogation with video evidence of her vehicle and police said that she had no explanation as to why it was in the area and she didn't make any denials surrounding the statements that it was in the area or the footage that it was. She just kind of brushed it off. She just refused to really say anything. I was going to ask, does she have a, did she have a lawyer with her? It's better to say nothing than say that wasn't me or that was, say nothing. And so she said nothing, but upon further questioning, she requested to leave multiple times, but was ignored. She also apparently asked for a lawyer, was ignored. She said, do you think I need a lawyer? And That's they, not a request for a lawyer. That's a request for the cop's opinion. I believe that she said, I feel like I need a lawyer and I'd like to leave if I'm not under arrest. And, and she could have left if she's not under arrest. Yes, but she didn't and she was ignored. Scary. Luckily for Caitlin, someone made a mistake entering her date of birth. And the date of birth in the department's report management system did not match the date of birth on her warrant for the misdemeanor. So that's a, she was released on a technicality. She was allowed to leave hmm. and left. She did. She left and she didn't just leave the Austin police station. She ultimately left the whole damn country. You don't want to miss what happens next in today's murder story. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors. So on May 13th, so May 11th, Mariah is killed. May 12th, Caitlin is questioned. May 13th, she sells her Jeep to CarMax for $12,200. Also on May 13th, a friend of Mariah's came forward and told police that Mariah had told her that Caitlin had been trying to contact her. Caitlin's calling her, calling her, texting her, saying, stay away from Colin. He's mine, not yours. Leave him alone. Eventually, Mariah blocked Caitlin's number because she saw this as a threat. And then about two months before the murder, Caitlin just randomly starts following Mariah on Instagram. Did Mariah know that it was Caitlin contacting her or yeah. a friend requesting her? She yeah. had met Caitlin before. Yeah, they were, I think they were aware of each other. I mean, okay. she, was, she was friendly with Colin, so she knew of Caitlin. They were all in the same cycling community, from what I believe. However, according to Austin police, following Mariah's murder, all of Caitlin's social media profiles were erased. 
including the one for the company her and Colin had together, Wheelhouse, that that vintage whatever company. Trailer? Vintage trailer company. Mobile home? Yeah. So very quickly after the murder, I think like on the 13th, we're talking two days, all of her social media is deleted. Caitlin's sitting in the airport getting ready to go wherever she's going and she's all delete, delete, delete. On May 14th, Caitlin bought a ticket and flew out of Austin Airport took a Southwest Airlines flight to Houston Hobby Airport before connecting on a flight to New York LaGuardia. On May 17th, a microscopic comparison of a shell case from ammunition test fired from Caitlin's Sig Sauer at the crime lab and shell cases found next to Mariah's body concluded that there was significant potential that they came from the same gun. Not 100%, but it was very, very possible. So at this point, Richard Spittler, who's the lead homicide detective on Mariah's murder case, was convinced that Caitlin was involved. Like, there's a fair amount of evidence at this point. So he filed for an arrest warrant on first-degree murder on May 17th. And Mm -hmm. authorities also offered a $5,000 reward for any information regarding Caitlin's whereabouts around this time. I want to talk about who we think that anonymous tipster was. I don't know, but here comes in another anonymous tip that Caitlin had been seen in upstate New York for a few days after arriving at LaGuardia. So remember, she arrived at LaGuardia around May 14th. So a few days later, around May 17th, when that warrant for her arrest went out for murder, somebody called in a tip and said, I saw her in upstate New York. And the authorities, knowing that Caitlin's sister lived in upstate New York, they thought this was worth investigating. They went out, started investigating, and there was no trace of Caitlin. She remained one step ahead of the authorities. And according to U.S. Marshals, on May 18th, Caitlin went to Newark Liberty International Airport and used a fake passport to board a United Airlines flight to San Jose, Costa Rica. So at this point, Caitlin is fucking gone. It was discovered Armstrong used different names, aliases, under the alias of Beth Martin, Liz, and Ari Martin. Armstrong used these names at yoga studios and other lodging since her arrival in Costa Rica. Furthermore, she had drastically altered her appearance. She cut her hair much shorter and dyed it brown. And at the time of her capture, she was wearing a bandage across the bridge of her nose, which she claimed was from a surfing accident. But authorities believe and came to understand that she underwent reconstructive nose surgery based on a receipt for plastic surgery that was found in her belongings. Interesting. Now, the devil's advocate in me could say, well, she went to Costa Rica. It is a huge surfing country. Mm -hmm. And maybe she really did get hurt by a surfing accident and then had to get reconstructive surgery. But I don't actually believe that. I don't either. I think she was like, you know, trying arrest. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is... That is dedication to evading arrest. If you are physically altering your appearance, like, holy shit. Smart. Super smart. Crazy, but smart. Right. Yeah. Despite the alleged effort to change her appearance and use a different name, she apparently brought all her documents with her, including her social security card, her real passport, and her COVID vaccination card. So authorities spent the next 43 days searching for Caitlin. Her fugitive case was elevated to major case status until June 29th, 2022, when after an international manhunt, she was captured and arrested at Don John's Surf and Yoga Lodge, participating in a yoga retreat on Santa Teresa Beach in Provincia de 
Puntarenas. Puntarenas. I was Punta literally Arenas. just there in Santa Teresa. That's <laughs> really? on the Nicoya Peninsula. Oh, that's where she was found. Well, you wouldn't have run into her at this point. But... Bummer. Well, thank goodness. <laughs> Santa Teresa, and I guess you can confirm this, uh, has been described by locals as a really good place to hide out. It's the land of the unwanted and the wanted, quote. Like, quote, like wanted in air quotes, you know, like people who are wanted. I, I feel like I overexplained that. Alonso Soto Chacon is the subdirector of the immigration police in Costa Rica. He said, I think she came here because she must have thought it would be easier because there are so many tourists and she would be able to avoid controls because of that. But at the same time, we're a small country, so we're able to find people quickly. What I would describe it as kind of a fun little party, but small beach town that goes for like a mile or two right along the water. That's like nondescript. It's not like flashy or big bars or clubs. And it it seemed to be a lot of surfers Mm. you know i would walk down the the street and guys would say or girls would say hey we'll give you free surf lessons tomorrow oh cool yeah so it was it was a cool laid back place but sure i could see it being that yeah and we believe after this month and a half investigation she really got comfortable uh she felt that she had gotten away uh but i really was with the long arm of the law so after she was captured on June 29th, she was deported and booked at Travis County Jail by the Austin Police Department and charged with murder. Costa Rican authorities telling us that when they arrested her, Armstrong was quiet, calm, but refused to admit her real identity. And people I spoke to who knew her there and authorities saying that being a fugitive eventually took a toll on her, that she was exhausted when she was arrested. She was facing one charge of felony first-degree murder for allegedly shooting and killing Mariah. And it was around this time that more and more evidence that was pretty damning came out linking Caitlin to the murder. So an anonymous tipster reportedly told investigators that when Armstrong found out the pair was together, uh, Mariah and Colin were together that night, she told that person that she wanted to kill Mariah and that she had a gun and she could kill her if she wanted to. And remember the, that it was a 9 millimeter gun that was used to shoot Mariah. Colin later confirmed that it was the same gun that was in their home, something that the crime lab had already all but proven, basically. So despite all of this evidence kind of making it very clear that Caitlin was the one, you know, like her Jeep on the ring footage, the fact that the gun that was in her home is very likely the same gun that killed Mariah. All her social media got taken away and she fled (laughs) and used a fake passport. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's probably the biggest. Um, So despite all of that, she pled not guilty on July 20th at her arraignment and was put into custody in Travis County Jail on a $3 million bond until the trial, for which jury selection was scheduled to start October 19th. But before that could even happen, Caitlin's lawyer filed two documents claiming evidence obtained during that May 12th interrogation, that initial interrogation where there, she got let go on a technicality or whatever, filed two documents claiming that the evidence gathered as a result of that arrest warrant should have been thrown out. All evidence, including any and all statements, observations, and recordings should be thrown out from that. And because the, of the technicality? Her team is saying that the Austin police detective illegally interrogated her because she was supposedly not read her Miranda rights and... They were interrupted by a knock at the door 
That's why she wasn't read her Miranda rights. They were interrupted by a knock at the door. And that investigators kept questioning her after she asked for an attorney three times. That she asked for an attorney and asked to leave the interrogation room at least five times with the detectives blatantly disregarded her requests. And beyond that, the, the arrest warrant was said to not be valid because it listed her birthday incorrectly, which was the technicality that allowed her to go hmm. flee the country. So her lawyers are claiming that the affidavit submitted in order to obtain that warrant for her arrest, involvement of the murder of Mariah was, quote, rife with false statements, material omissions, reckless exaggerations, and gross mischaracterizations made with a reckless disregard for the truth. Whoa. A lot of adjectives in there. Yeah, it's wordy. Her lawyers also slammed the police department for holding a press conference after her arrest. They claimed this brought too much attention to the case, which meant she would never get a fair trial. That could be true, yeah. Yeah, they said... it starts to sway opinions and put little thoughts in the mind. Totally. They said, her lawyer said, quote, the result of this widespread biased publicity is that there is virtually nowhere in the English-speaking world where Miss Armstrong could receive a fair trial today. Does that mean they're going outside of the English-speaking world? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that's what I felt, but then that wouldn't make sense. That would not make sense. I I don't disagree that maybe there was so much publicity that she can have received a fair trial, but this was this year. This was 2022. And honestly, I didn't, I never had heard of this. Yeah, it was very recent, like mid to late summer when I had just decided where I was going in November for my trip. And So I started just like generally looking up different Costa Rica things, just typing in like Costa Rica, period. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing something about it. Right. But it it didn't really interest me at the time because I was more going for where do I want to travel? What places do I want to see? What do I want to do? Right. Not true crime stories. But you did mention it to me and I remembered that and then kind of dug into it and was like, I'm so surprised that I never heard about this. But yeah, I, I, Austin... I mean, I feel like something like this, a story like this gets like nationwide attention. No, is there just too many murders in the country for every one that seems like a crazy story to get nationwide attention? Well, I think to some extent, big whatever makes a big murder story, which I don't know if this is one of them, but yes, they get media attention. And also, unless you're watching the news all day, every day, that's a good point. There's a lot of murders, a lot of different news. And so... What I've also noticed is sometimes it's not until a case has concluded. That's true. That's true. Before we we get to kind of the most recent news about this case, I wanted to just flip back to Colin for a minute because there were some interesting things like, well, first of all, where did he go? Like what has happened to him now? I was just reading a little bit about his kind of response to all of this and I thought it was pretty interesting. I wanted to share it. So in a statement to ABC News Austin, he said, there is no way to adequately express the regret and torture I feel about my proximity to this horrible crime. I'm sorry and I simply cannot make sense of this unfathomable tragedy. It was not my intention to pursue along an auxiliary romantic relationship that would mislead anyone. Mariah and I were both leaders in this lonely niche sport of cycling and I admired her greatly and considered her a close friend. I'm deeply grieving her loss. Since Mariah's murder, various cycling sponsors have dropped Colin and several of them have released statements saying that Colin would not be representing them at future races. And basically soon after these statements that he made, he's He's reportedly gone into hiding. From the cycling community or in general? From the cycling community 
at the very least. I don't okay. know if in general. I think his social media is gone. I couldn't find it. So within the last uh, month or so, six weeks, there's been some some advances in this. I said that her her lawyers filed two documents in August of 2022. There was a pre-trial hearing focused on the arrest warrants and if they could suppress this evidence. The trial was supposed to start in October and these pre-trial hearings were just underway in October. So obviously that was not going to happen. Everything got pushed back. Everything got pushed back. And now a Texas district judge is saying that the case won't likely happen until next summer. Just last month, the state district judge, Brenda Kennedy, denied all motions by Caitlin's lawyers to suppress evidence. The judge said there was no evidence of any intentional disregard for the truth. So the judge is... So Caitlin's lawyers are trying to... Push away whatever was said. Whatever was said. Yeah, you can't use whatever was and said. And the judge said, no, thank you. And the judge it's says, all no. in. Yep, it's yep. all in. Yep. Unfortunately, this judge is retiring at the end of her term in December. So this month at some point, And a new judge will replace her in early 2023. Again, n- nonetheless, the this trial is not going to happen until probably next summer at the earliest. Caitlin is currently being held in a Texas jail with a $3.5 million bail. She could face life in prison if found guilty of the first degree murder charges. I was like shaking my head when you said a new judge is coming on board, which who knows that could benefit her or not benefit her. Obviously, this judge, Kennedy, who's now retiring, is familiar with the case. In my opinion, what I think is when I hear that is like, she thinks that... Uh, What's her face did it? Yeah. Caitlin with a Caitlin K. Caitlin with a K. Now, a new judge is coming in. Who knows? Could the... And you may not know this. Could the new judge overrule that previous ruling? Excellent question. I do not know the answer to that. I think this is... Definitely a case that we'll need to do a, a strong follow-up on, you know, I don't know, next summer when the when the case maybe goes to trial. Because that's all that's all there is as of now. She's she's in jail and we're waiting to see what happens. It's a long time. I mean, she should be in jail forever, obviously. It's a long time to be in jail and for, for Mariah's family to not have any kind of closure or answers. However, anyone who wants to support Mariah's family, they did organize a GoFundMe in honor of Mariah to help raise money for community organizations that help youth find self-confidence, strength, and joy through biking, skiing, and other activities that Mariah was passionate about. I will include a link to that GoFundMe in the show notes for anyone who's interested. And you can look forward to a follow-up episode of this for sure, because it's not really a conclusion. I mean, I think she did it based on what is known, but, you know, we'll see what happens in in the trial. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Uh, With that, we will say goodbye and... Good night and good luck. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. And if you want to see pictures of the victims, the murderers, and any additional related images, head over to our Instagram right now. Our handle across all social media platforms is death, then the letter X, and then Southwest spelled out. So D-E-A-T-H-X-S-O-U-T-H-W-E-S-T. Death X Southwest. Death by Southwest is a Cavalry Audio production. Hosted by Jenna Schneider and Margot Carmichael. Produced by Margot Carmichael. Associate produced by Jenna Schneider. Executive produced 
by Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger. Audio editing and sound design by Revision Sound. Music by Soundstripe. And a special thanks to Edward R. Murrow for letting us borrow his famous sign-off phrase, good night and good luck. <laughs>